Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our conversations on CARE, our Facebook talk show host show bringing together our service providers, our clients, and caregivers to help families better understand and cope with aging parents with chronic care needs. My name is Julie Collada. I'm the founder and president of Open Arms Solutions, and Open Arms is a home care agency serving the Chicagoland area focused on inspired home care solutions uh, for seniors who are dealing with chronic conditions such as dementia, Parkinson's, and other movement disorders. It's our mission to help our families through this journey and to know that their loved one is living their best life possible. If you find these dialogues helpful, please give us a like and share so that we can reach more people who need this. We're, we've been doing this program for over a year now and our audience is growing, was, which is just terrific. And uh, thanks so much for sharing this with, uh, with your contacts. Um, if you have a question or topic you'd like to learn more about, please write them in the comments Below, we pay attention to that. We love ideas about new topics that would be important to you. With me today is Ken Russell, who's the Area Vice President of Business Development for Alara Caring. And our topic today is, what is the difference between home health care and home care? That is the million dollar question. And you know, this is the, the old saying, if I had a nickel for every time someone asked me the difference between home health care and home care, I'd, I'd be a wealthy woman. <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a confusing topic. Those, those terms are, are used interchangeably. Uh, and I'm really so glad that we're talking about this today. And I'm thrilled, Ken, that you're joining us. Um, Tell us a little bit about your background, if you would. It's always nice to start these conversations and let people know a little bit about who's who's in the conversation. Tell us about your background and how did you arrive to be the area vice president of Alara Caring? Sure thing. Well, first off, Julie, thank you and thank Open Arms for having me here today. I'm thrilled and pleased to be here. Um, yeah, just a little background. Um, yeah, I'm currently the area vice president of business development for Alara Caring Home Health, and we also do hospice services as well. Um, I've been with the company for five years. Um, I've been in home health care, however, for about 18 years. Um, I've been in the healthcare field um, working, whether it's sales or sales management for home infusion, um, also home DME and of course home skilled care. So and what is home infusion for those folks that are Sure. Home infusion would be for a patient that would be that would need infusion therapy, whether it's antibiotic, it's TPN. Um, it's really pharmacy therapies such as those that normally a patient would receive in a skilled setting, such as a rehab center or hospital. They can act, they can actually receive um, home infusion services in the home. So um, the company I worked for, which was at the time Quorum Healthcare. Um, they were able to, it's basically a, a larger pharmacy, able to um, uh, mix and ship drugs directly to patients' homes. And then we would work with skilled home health in terms of the nursing component to get the patients set up on their home infusion therapy. Sure. That's great. 
And the other, as mentioned, um, I've been in home health care for about 15 years. And, um, you know, coming out of college, I really wanted to get in the healthcare field. I kind of saw it back in those days. That's This is back in kind of when pharma was real big. And, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, newbies just out of college heard about the grant, the kind of um, uh, grand and kind of glamorous um, position as being a, whether it's a pharmaceutical representative or what have you. Um, and but I looked more at home health care and I just saw at the time that that may be a little more fulfilling in terms of taking care of patients for a longer term um, and have them under our care to get the um, outcomes that they would need being under home skilled home health and of course infusion and DME, which I should just mention is durable is dur durable medical equipment. Um, that would be patients that would need a home walker, um, a Hoyer, for example, a Hoyer lift. So basically, between myself working at Quorum Home Infusion, um, Alara Caring, skilled nursing, um, in hospice. Um, and as well as um, DME, um, that's kind of the three larger pieces to home health care as a whole. So the goal is to, of course, take care of patients in the home setting. That's where they want to be. That's where actually you get the better derived outcomes for the patients. Um, so it's been a very fulfilling career in home health care. That's great. You know, I, my story is a little bit different. I didn't, I never intended in college to be running a home home care company you know that so my my journey was a little bit different based on personal experience well, I think grateful we, that i got here yeah what? i think that, yeah i think um we both picked some pretty good careers because as mentioned you know the, the need for home health and home health care is growing more than ever and i think over the last couple of years has really um yeah emphasized that tenfold oh my gosh um the um, people want to stay in their home. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And there's been more and more emphasis on how important that is, and so yeah, I agree with you. We're in a, we're in an amazing space, and I think too, you know, my unexpected uh, um, benefit of being in the space was just the you know, very fortunate to be have it be so fulfilling personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's certainly both of you, you and I are responsible for building our respective organizations. Um, and but, you know, we get to wake up every day as challenging as it is and as challenging as it has become during COVID, more challenging during COVID. We know how much of a difference our team makes and mm -hmm. we make in people's lives. And that's that's a, an amazing feeling. Uh, and I'm sure you feel that way, too. Absolutely. So let's get to the, the basic topic of today. Let's start there, which is what, you know, what is the difference between home health care and home care? And by the way, before you, before we start to talk about that, you know, I remember when I first entered this industry, well, I, I remember when I first needed to get help for my mom in 2006. I was so confused and I found <laughs> that some of the physicians that they weren't able to help guide me with what the difference was because there is a lot, even in healthcare, there's confusion on that topic, what the difference is. So, and certainly many people at home get confused about it. So what is the difference, Ken, 
help enlighten us. What Start the conversation. What's the difference between home health care and home care? Yeah, and there, there's been really confusion on both um, both lines of services, you know, for quite a, quite a long time. And um, but I think the key um, word that really separates in terms of the services that we provide under skilled home health and um, personal care services, private duties such as open arms would be skilled. So um, skilled care would be when a patient is in need of somebody clinical, whether it's a licensed registered nurse, whether it's a licensed physical therapist, um, the patient would need care in the home setting, but need somebody with specialized training and background and they, they're licensed, quite frankly. Um, and that really is the separation. So um, the caregivers that uh, would treat a, a patient under skilled home health would all be licensed clinicians and have experience in home health. and. Um, some of the, um, you know, um, in, I, I kind of drill down in, in terms of some of the types of services we provide under skilled home health to add a little more detail and color to it. So, for example, I mentioned skilled nursing, and that would either be a registered nurse mm -hmm. or a LPN. Um, we also do home physical therapy. Um, and, of course, you know, physical therapy is a type of treatment that helps restore and improve the, fun the functionality of the body. Um, occupational therapy, um, this therapy also um, really helps empower patients and to improve their functions of their daily living. Um, we also um, have a speech therapy program at Alara Caring, and that really is, um, this particular therapy uh, works to prevent, um, treat and assess um, patients with any speech or swallowing disorders. So it's really skilled care that um, if you, you know, if you've ever had a loved one in a hospital or a rehab center um, and they're in there for 24 seven, of course, that's why they're inpatient. Um, they're receiving skilled nursing, physical therapy, occupational therapy. So it's the next, the next shift of the level of care and the location of care from a patient going from a hospital, from a rehab, to the home setting. Um, under, in terms of our regulations, how often we're seeing patients, it's normally, it's deemed intermittent. So we cannot see a patient daily, um, and that's a CMS Medicare regulation as well as insurance as well. So normally we're in to see patients two to four times per week. Um, and, and that's really working with all lines of ser services, therapy and nursing. But skilled is that key word, it's just kind of the, the place of um, care moving from acute hospital, subacute rehab to the home setting, receiving skilled care. Yeah, thank you for that. That's really helpful. And I think that um, it's, a, it's a great uh, explanation. The part of it that I think about a little bit is that I really do think that caregivers are very skilled. They're just not licensed by the state, sure. like a physical therapist, occupational therapist, speech therapist, nurse. Um, that that's you know, it's it's they have more of a um, clinical uh, and licensed background for those needs, um, and so that that's a very very good explanation. Um, so when 
you know, I, we'll get phone calls here and who, who typically, um, well, let's, let's back up for a second. You, you made reference to Medicare. So, and you, you talked about home health care in home care. And one of the, part of the confusion is those people use those terms interchangeably. Okay. People use, and in, in my, you know, I've heard people talk about what we do is home health care. We have, you know, so that just adds to the confusion. Um, there's that term called private duty, which is when you talk to people in the world about, well, that's what is what the what in goodness is private duty? Well, it was the way of helping people differentiate between home health care, which is the the payor is Medicare for people over 65 years old mm-hmm. and private insurance. That's who yes. pays for home health care in what Ken just what you just described, Ken. Absolutely. Yep. It's Medicare and managed care. Yep. Managed care. Correct. And so who pays for home care? We'll talk about that a little bit. What, what, what is home care? Um, and why was it called private duty? Well, home care is not paid home care and we'll define that. So home care is not paid for by Medicare. Um, and home care, which is what, uh, open arms is uh, focused on is helping people stay home with activities of daily living. And also they're called incidental uh, activities of daily living. So it's things like helping people and assisting, you know, you think about if someone can stay at home and obviously if they're, it, the, if they need nursing services, if they need physical therapy and they need occupational therapy, that doesn't necessarily mean they need home care too. But what we're finding more and more is that paired together home care, which supports making sure, you know, one of the reasons people, unfortunately, especially people over 65, really probably more people over 75, get admitted to the hospital in the first place is because of a fall in the home. So home care, private duty home care provides assistance in helping people ambulate, which is a fancy word for walk around the, you know, walk around and move um, safely at home and monitor someone uh, to see if they're unsteady on their feet, they might need some assistance um, from a caregiver to make sure that they can move around their home safely. Um, they might need a caregiver uh, and home care for um, helping in bathing. A lot of falls happen in the bathroom and people might not be strong enough when they're they're at home for whatever reason. It might be that they've been discharged from the hospital yet, yet at home or a skilled facility, rehab facility, but they're still not strong enough to be able to bathe themselves safely or dress themselves safely um, or easily and comfortably. Um, they might need assistance with eating and meal preparation. They might need assistance with 
um, housekeeping, and those kinds of things. And all of those different things fall under the um, area of home care, what's called home care, where a caregiver or a CNA can provide that care. Um, it's also helping people drive and transportation services and companionship services. Um, there, everything that's kind of not physical therapy, occupational therapy, nursing services, um, but, but is still needed to keep someone safely and comfortably in their home is home care. And I, I would just add to that, Julie, and, and you detailed that perfectly. Um, but truly how we see it is um, home care in terms of what open arms can offer. It's really customized care. And I wouldn't deem what we do in skilled home health as customized. So we, we've, we put together a plan of care for a patient. Um, we have set goals and we're not expecting to see them usually longer than 30 to 45 days, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. Um, but in terms of you know open arms and the, the services you provide, you can truly customize what the, the patient's needs and their care to their scenario or whatever yeah. situation. A, yep, that, that's a great way to put it. I appreciate that. That's that's a um, a really good way to think about it. And when you know we're going to talk a little bit about how people hear about home health care right, and how people hear about home care, um, is, um, you know, we each go in and we do some kind of an assessment, whether it's home health care, we assess what the, what the patient needs. In home care, we assess what the patient needs. And then we both create a very specific care plan. Um, and yeah, Ken, I appreciate that definition. I think that, you know, for home care, it's very customized around what is the gap between what what the, and we call them clients, not patients, the client and the family, what kind of support can be provided at home and what kind of support is needed that's not there. And then home care kind of fills in that gap. Absolutely. So, that's a that's a really good way of describing it. Um, what are some of the triggers that cause need for home home health care? Sure. Um, well, just to kind of in terms of um, insurance and Medicare covering patients for skilled care, um, a patient would have to be deemed, and this is something from CMS Medicare, um, homebound meaning that um, to qualify for services to be covered by Medicare, the patient um, would have to really be in a scenario where it's a taxing effort, and that's their words, uh, a taxing efforts to, to leave their home. So a patient can receive skilled home health services covered at 100% um, by Medicare and insurance um, if it's a taxing effort to leave their home. It doesn't mean they can't leave their home. Um, they can actually drive to their church. They can drive to their physician. They can drive to the hospital. Um, but it's a taxing effort to do do so. They can drive to the grocery store. Um, if they live in a rural area, um, you know, a patient getting in their car, having to go to a local market, the only one for 40 miles, um, Medicare will still allow home health coverage 
um, even though the patient is leaving their home because if they're not able to go out and get their groceries, um, obviously that's a problem. So, um, but homebound, it's kind of a gray area and quite frankly, Medicare, it's almost by intent. They look at each patient in terms of their scenario, where they live or what have you, um, what resources they have. But, um, but when looking at skilled home health and some triggers, uh, when one would identify, whether it's a physician, a hospital, a loved one, um, for a patient that would qualify or would need um, home skilled care would be a recent ER visit, recent surgery, um, patient has poor gait or poor balance, they're at a fall risk, um, problem swallowing, um, a new medication as well, teaching training. We all know the importance of medication reconciliation and the patients really understanding their new medication, which many times they're not. All they're getting is what's on their bottle or what have you. Uh, we do a teaching training. Our nurses do um, in terms of that with patients. Um, a new diagnosis. If you have a new patient that was recently diagnosed as a diabetic, we'll come in and do teaching training and, of course, looking at the, the dietary piece and some other pieces as well. Um, and so, Really, there's a large number of exact triggers, but those would probably be our top six or seven. And primarily, it really is a recent inpatient stay at a hospital, um, ER, or subacute center, or they're ready for that next level of care in the home setting. They've kind of graduated to be able to be home, still need skilled services, but don't have to be inpatient. Great explanation. Um, so, Many people um, then, where, you, where, where many people get a recommendation on what home health care company to use starts at the hospital. Is that correct? Is that where you get most of your, most people hear about what you do? Yes. So great question. So, um, you know, my um, liaison team that goes out and calls on hospitals or physicians um, they're looking for referrals, um, and uh, you know many there's I mean, there's but about 550 skilled home health agencies in metropolitan Chicago. It's actually one of the highest volume numbers of home health in the U.S. Uh, Florida would be number one, of course. Um, but they um, it's changed over the last 15 years in home health. The hospitals and the rehabs and the physicians, just because they're graded on rehospitalizations and metrics such as that they've really weaned down the agencies they will, skilled agencies they will use. So you've got to have a phenomenal readmission rate. You've got to have some clinical programs. You've got to really be able to make sure the patient's at home and meets their goals. And if you do, the hospitals tend to kind of narrow it down in which agencies they will use to provide the best care and outcomes. And all yeah. that's tracked by Medicare. Yeah, and, the, and that in my opinion, and I know you share this is that's been a great change that's happened with Medicare and the, and the way they incentivize companies that are paid by Medicare. It's really, there's so much focus on quality and, um, and keeping people home and safe. And, and that's how your, that's how your quality measures are. Yeah. Yeah. Are, uh, we're, we're blessed enough to have a partnership with Northwestern hospital and other hospitals and, you know, we have to meet with them quarterly and they go over their readmission metrics and what have you. And that never happened 10, 15 years ago at the hospitals. They just get them out the door. But now that they're held to a higher standard, of course, by Medicare and insurance, they that filters down to the home health agencies, which is how it should be. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so how quickly do services typically begin? What, is that, what does that journey look like? Can you give us an example of when sure. you take on um, a new patient, what that looks like? So normally when we do receive a referral, um, we do have, have to have a physician's order um, or a nurse practitioner that changed actually under COVID. Um, that's now allowable. Um, so we would need an order from a physician. They have to detail the patient's diagnosis. We would acquire paperwork such as a patient's H&P, history and physical, uh, of course, their insurance information, um, their medication list. Just so when a nurse walks in the patient's home, they've got a really good idea what the issue is to put together the, the care plan for the patient. Um, but normally when we do receive referrals, it's with a physician order and um, segments and parts of the patient's um, EMR, their, their chart. Medical their medical record, record their yep. electronic medical record. Yep. Gotcha. Um, how quickly does, when someone's discharged then from the hospital, how quickly will they see someone? Sure. So once we received a, um, a sign order from a physician, um, whether it's a physician who's rounding over at the hospital or a hospitalist or um, even directly from a physician's practice or their clinic or their office, um, we normally start service within 24 to 48 hours. That's um, kind of been the standard. Um, I, I have to say, and not just at Larry Caring, um, the first, I'd say, six months of the COVID epidemic, there was a lot of confusion and what have you. Some nurses actually walked away from the nursing field, not just in home health, but also in other acute settings. Um, yeah. So that was delayed a little bit in, ter in terms of patients getting started. But normally 24 to 48, 48 hours, um, that's a metric in which we're held to. Yeah. Have a start of care. So very quickly, which is yes. obviously very key. Yep. That will help reduce the rehospitalization chance. Yeah, for sure. That's so essential. Yep. Um, so in terms of, um, well, I know you have some, oh, there's a viewer question. So hang on a second. We're, my goodness, we're almost out of time. So the question is, how does one incorporate their primary care physician when receiving home health? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, great question. Um, there's a couple of moving parts to it. So, for example, if you have a senior that lives in a um, assisted living, and the director of nursing who's responsible, you know, to make sure of the wellness of the residents, we could get a referral from the director of nursing um, at that 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 building itself, the assisted living building. We then would follow up with the PCP, the primary care physician, to get the actual order. Um, or sometimes it comes directly from the hospital. Um, they really are down pat in terms of having a signed order, the discharge plans when a patient is going home. So we, we will help with that. We will work on getting a signed order from a physician if there isn't one. So we have, we have patients, families calling all the time saying, I heard you, you took care of my grandmother. I've got an uncle, um, you know, his gait, he's not able to, to, um, walk to um, where we're confident he's not going to be a fall risk, then we will call the physician and go over our feedback. And normally they'll ask to see that patient. Um, they'll go out and see the patient or set up an appointment. And then we'll get an order for the patient in that case for physical therapy, for example. Okay. That sounds great. And 
will you circle around with the primary care physician if the if the referral comes from a different physician, right? The it, it, and it's not the primary care. Would you get the primary care physician involved? Yes, absolutely. Great question because when a patient does leave a hospital or subacute setting, at that point, they're that. Um, hospitalist or what have you, they're not going to follow the patient. We'll get an order, we can start services, but then we have to t follow up with the PCP to make sure they're going to follow the patient and we send corresponding orders or updates to that PCP. It kind of switches over. Great. There's so many acronyms in healthcare, but there's so many acronyms in any industry, but uh, I think healthcare has a has a jump on auto. So primary care physician is, uh, is PCP. And then there's the hospitalist, right? And that's kind of a newer relatively newer phenomena in healthcare where the hospitals actually employ um, physicians to follow patients in, in the hospital. So mm -hmm. lots of different healthcare pro professionals that are part of the puzzle often, uh, which are, which are important for people to understand because it can get very confusing. Absolutely. Uh, so I know that Alara Caring has some specialty programs. Can you talk about those? Sure. Yeah. Um, one thing that does absolutely set us apart, that's a big benefit to working for Lara Caring is um, we have a number of clinical specialized programs that quite frankly, a lot of the other home cares do not. Um, one example, we, we've got a behavior health program um, and that's a growing need, especially boy, it doubled the number of referrals over COVID. Um, that would be a, um, a behavior health and psych nurse that has over 10 years working with behavior health patients and psych patients, whether it's patient depression, anxiety, loss of a spouse, bipolar, um, uh, behaviors caused by Alzheimer's. Um, we also have a program um, for Parkinson's patients. It's known as the Lee Silverman Voice Training Program, LSVT Big and Loud. And that's really working with a, a therapist, a PT, a physical therapist, working with the patient um, on their movements as they, as Parkinson's patients tend to kind of stiffen over time. Um, they don't have th their movements decrease um, pretty quickly as the um, as uh, their diagnosis progresses. Um, but our PT keeps them active with movements to the point where they're not experiencing that stiffness. In addition, we um, the loud piece of big and loud would be working with our speech therapist. So um, I have an uncle um, who has Parkinson's, and you know every year when I see him, his speech is more muffled, and he tends not to talk much, and his volume um, of his um, his his volume of his speech is is very gets lower every year, where it's almost to a whisper, and he may not even realize it. And a lot of patients, quite frankly they, um, they kind of shut down um, as their speech is muffled and they're a little more self-conscious of it. So they're not talking much because they and people are saying, I can't hear you or what have you. And, you know, they feel bad about it. And so they're not, you know, social and, it, you know, so it, it progresses. So our speech therapist will work with that patient on vocal um, exercises, you know, shout out this word and, and it's consistent um, working to increase um, the loudness of one speech. Um, and it, it's just, you know, it, it's more of obviously an in-depth type of therapy, but it, it brings back not just the volume of the patient and them being able to speak louder 
and more confidently, but it's that word confidently. And so they're all of a sudden there's a huge change in their their social world. They're actually able to communicate with loved ones and talk to them one on one and be confident in doing so. And it kind of bring back that, that relationship with the patient and their family. Yeah, that's it's so important that it, it that is a great program. And, you know, one of the things that um, and you know, I've talked about this together. We have a specialty in Parkinson's and we also have a specialty in dementia care and being able to provide the right home health care partner that can deliver. Uh, and you had mentioned that, um, you know, you have a specialty in behavioral health and, um, and, and often, you know, people as they progress in their dementia and there's all sorts of different kinds of dementia um, that have different, they're called behaviors. Um, it's when, you know, the dementia causes different uh, in, um, difficult interactions with different people because of the dementia. So it absolutely, could be and I know we don't have too much time, but a really quick story. So sure. um, a great example of our behavioral health program. So we have yeah. a, a behavioral health nurse who's been seeing patients, especially the geriatric population, for about fifteen years. And she worked with a family. Um, they had a small little home and their loved one had um, just a front door and a back door. And as his Alzheimer's progressed, um, he would go on walks, which he'd been doing for years. But they were worried he was getting lost. You know, his neighbors were saying, you know, your, your dad's been walking to this park for a while. He seems a little lost. Well, we actually received a referral for this patient. Um, our behavioral health nurse went in and as the Alzheimer's was progressing, she actually went with the family to Home Depot and she purchased um, two large black rubber mats and she placed them in from the front door and the back door. And as the patient's Alzheimer's progresses, um, when they're walking, they see that black mat more as a black hole and automatically it repels them to move away from that particular area. So the um, that patient was no longer um, walking out the front or back door um, when family was not around or what have you. And that was a big relief to the family. So little yeah. things like that really helps. Oh, that's a great example. Yep. And, you know, we are, we are out of time. I knew this would go fast. I knew there was so much information to talk about with folks, but I will tell you that I know that, um, you know, the, the topic was what's the difference between home health care and home care. Um, I hope we help solve some of that today. I think we did. Um, I think the thing that's also important that you can and your team and uh, Open Arms team recognizes that uh, there's never been more of a spotlight on home care and how important it is with um, everything that's happened uh, in the last, what, 20 months with uh, the pandemic. And I think it's exciting to think about how when we team up up together in particular when home health care and home care partner together how effectively we how effective we can be at keeping people safe keeping them at home keeping them li living their best life possible and i know that 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 motivates both you your organization and my organization it's truly the best of both worlds when patients can have um, both services in their home it's best yeah. for the patient and makes a lot of sense and that's the, the direction and that's where ultimately that's where patients want to be yeah is that's where we want our families to be right yeah. ken thank you so much no, i so you. enjoyed talking with you
My pleasure. Absolutely. Thank everyone for joining today. All right. Take good care. Thank you. Bye now.